Today's episode is brought to you by Angie. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs and projects done well. Let me tell you, there's the version of it where you try to do something at home, and then there's a version of it where you have someone help you, you watch them do it the right way, and you go, thank God I didn't try to do that myself. I have fully done things around the home that I think look good, and then a bang in the night, and I wake up to a shelf collapsing, a painting falling off the wall. Like it, I've, I've seen it all go south. I own a home, and I can tell you... I know how much work it can take. Whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Whatever your home project, big or small, indoor or outdoor, you can Angie that and connect with skilled professionals to get the project done well. Right now, one of my wish lists is I want a bike for my condo in Milwaukee and I would love to rig it up on a pulley in the ceiling because I have one of those like lofted ceilings, but I'm so scared to try that on my own. Angie has 20 years of home experience and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app. Answer a few questions and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I.com. Kalen's Coffee Talk is a CastBox original produced alongside with Studio 71. CastBox is the fastest growing, highest rated podcast app on both iOS and Android, where you can find all of your favorite podcasts. Now, obviously, you can listen to my coffee talks wherever you get your podcasts, but I hope that you'll give CastBox a try because I think it's the bee's knees. So with that, pour yourself a cup and let's get to it. We make tactless remarks because we wish to hurt, break our legs because we do not wish to walk, marry the wrong man because we cannot let ourselves be happy, board the wrong train because we'd prefer not to reach the destination. Faye Weldon. Hey guys, what's up and welcome back to episode 11 of the Coffee Talk podcast. I hope you guys have been enjoying them so far. It's been really fun for me coming up with different topics and just even lately I've been trying to kind of theme whatever topic I'm filming after what's kind of going on simultaneously in my life. So a lot of you guys have been letting me know how much you're enjoying these episodes and how like therapeutic they are for you guys and in a funny way writing them out and recording them has also been super therapeutic for me. So it's been quite a win-win situation if I do say so myself. Today I'm not actually drinking a coffee. I'm drinking kombucha. I had my morning coffee a little earlier today and was trying to be a little bit more caffeine conscious. I am switching over to kombucha for this coffee talk. So probably gonna have to edit out a couple little burps because this stuff is fizzy, but it's so good. It's like full of probiotics. I don't know why I'm talking about this. Let's, let's get to today's topic. I wanted to kind of dive into the topic of how to stop sabotaging ourselves because I feel like this is something that has been a bit more of a theme in my life than I really noticed lately and something that I've sort of come to terms with myself and been trying to catch myself from doing. And so with that, I decided to kind of bounce off that inspiration and write out just things that I've noticed about self-sabotage and all the pointers that kind of lead us to doing things that in a lot of ways don't bring us to a better version of ourselves or a better version of our lives. And I think a lot of the time, 
we don't necessarily mean to do these things. And I think that our forms of self-sabotage don't come from necessarily wanting to be unhappy. I think that we just kind of let our egos run the show sometimes and we want fast safety, short gratification, rather than, you know, really putting ourselves out there to go after life and really see ourselves to our full potential. And so in a way, we self-sabotage to keep us in a safe zone or a comfort zone where we don't really care if we fail because in a lot of ways, we made ourselves fail. Does that make sense? I'm sure there's a lot of main reasons that we could probably dive into as to why we tend to unconsciously self-sabotage. When I was brainstorming this topic, came up with six main contributors that I believe contribute to our own self-sabotage and the reasons that we almost stop believing in ourselves or push ourselves down and get in our own way. The first one I would have to say is self-hatred. I feel like low self-esteem, low self-confidence, these are things that automatically are going to translate in our lives to doing things or creating actions and words that don't align with the things that we truly want, but align with what we actually believe about ourselves. Imagine a spectrum with self-hate on one side and self-confidence on the other. And Get really honest with yourself and ask where on that spectrum you might stand. If it was a scale from, let's say, 1 to 100 to really give ourselves some wiggle room and be really particular about where we are on that spectrum. The lower we sit on that spectrum, the higher chance that we are doing things on a day-to-day basis, maybe without even realizing it, that are sabotaging our happiness and sabotaging you know, our future success. We have an anti-self or this ego that sometimes looks for a fast sense of gratification and a fast sense of confidence. And so sometimes that might translate in being super narcissistic or it might translate in a way of keeping us attached to ideas or thoughts that are maybe really low vibe about ourselves. And we either end up believing that we deserve things in life without actually working for them or attracting them towards us, or that we don't deserve good things in life and therefore shouldn't even want them or should stop them from happening whenever they do start to walk into our lives or the opportunities arise. We tend to doubt our ability to have the things that we really want most out of life which then makes us sabotage any opportunities to really actually go for those things. Or when they come, we act like we're too high and mighty for them and let that sense of fake, you know, confidence, which is really just ego and fear, keep us from going for them because we think that we're going to look like an idiot if we try. The thing about the way we see ourselves is that this inner voice, this inner dialogue, this inner relationship we have with how we view ourselves is most often shaped by a lot of our life experiences and perspectives growing up. And if you were somebody that was told, you know, that you're perfect just the way you are and that you never really had to work for anything growing up, as you get older, your form of self-sabotage might be acting like you might be too above working for things that you actually want or too above admitting that they're things that you'd really like to go for. Or let's say you were kind of belittled most of your life, then skip forward to you being an adult, your form of self-sabotage might be not actually ever letting yourself go for it or go at your full potential because you think that one, it's selfish, or two, that you're not allowed to do that, that you're not allowed to have it or that you won't ever be worth it or good enough. When you can get real on the way that you view yourself, when you can get real on why you think the way you think about yourself, you can honestly let go of the ego and bring a sense of self that doesn't necessarily need to constantly be thinking about themselves, but just has a radiant energy that breathes a sense of comfort rather than narcissism or overconfidence. It's just 
feeling comfortable with yourself. We don't have to walk around being absolutely in love with everything going on in our lives. And I think that it's kind of unrealistic to believe that we'll be 100% confident all the time. But I think when we can bring it back to just feeling comfortable with ourselves, then we can kind of step out of our way and stop letting ourselves ruin opportunities for us to really thrive in this life. The second pillar when it comes to self-sabotage, I believe anyways, is we're unconscious. I think that a lot of the times we aren't even aware of our behaviors, our thought patterns, our mindsets, our chain reactions, our habits. And so when we're unaware of them, we kind of just float through life reacting to the things around us rather than proactively making decisions and intentions about the things around us. It is truly just this battle of reaction versus proaction. And when you put it that simply, you can very easily look back on even some decisions that you maybe made this morning that were more reactive than proactive, that you weren't even intentionally thinking about. You just did it because you're so used to doing it that it's become mindless to you. And this is where sneaky bad habits like to trick their way into our lives. And then when you mix that in with having negative views on the world or a self-talk that we're not filtering, it can honestly create almost identity crisis with feeling so crappy about ourselves, but being so unaware of it or feeling so crappy about our lives or the world around us, but not even fully realizing that we are that way or that we're thinking so pessimistically. I think this is also something that can go both ways. I feel like sometimes too, we might put too much hustle and not enough self-care or connection. And We're almost so dived into what we're trying to accomplish that we're almost unconscious of the things that are truly more important. So in a way, we might feel like we're working harder than we ever have before, but we're still self-sabotaging our happiness and our joy because our priorities aren't balanced or are unaligned. And again, we aren't even conscious of it. If we can commit to doing one thing a day to just help ourselves feel good physically and emotionally and with full intention and awareness, I think then then we can carry that sense of awareness, even if it's not as strong, into all the other actions and words that follow our day. And therefore, in a lot of ways, kind of creating a more present attitude in our lives so that when opportunities come knocking, instead of unconsciously shutting the door with fear or worry that we're not ready yet, we're more connected with ourselves and more connected with our lives that we open our minds up to taking on new opportunities and getting out of our own way. If we get way too caught up in our end results and we're unconsciously just moving forward to the next thing and the next thing and the next thing and unaware of the perspectives and mindsets and the weight that we're carrying with us as we move forward through all of these things, then we're so unconscious to all the untapped potential that lingers around us, to all the untapped happiness that is literally just waiting at our doorsteps for us to pick it up and just take it, you know, and own it for what it is and believe that we're allowed to have it. When we become more aware of our lives and of ourselves, we become more aware of our self-sabotaging behaviors. The third pillar I feel that kind of stands in the way of us and living our best lives is comfort. Now, again, with the ego, I feel like in a lot of ways, our egos want to keep us safe. And To do that, it keeps us limited to this box of what we think we know, what we feel safe with, what we have a completely predisposed idea of an outcome where nothing can surprise us, nothing can throw us off of our game, and we'll always know exactly where our foot is going to land in each step. And doing that, it might keep us comfortable, it might keep us safe, it might keep our minds at ease in believing that We can always prepare for the next move, but that also keeps us in a lot of ways stuck in confinements of tiny boxes that don't really allow us to live to our full potential or get out there and experience more that this life has to offer. When we fear the unknown, we never really decide to put ourselves out there and really go for it because the unknown seems scary. So we kind of contract and seclude ourselves to our comfort zones because 
even if it might not be as successful if we were to really go for it, we're comfortable enough to just get by. But I don't know about you guys. When I get to the end of my life, I don't want to have just gotten by. I don't want to have just stayed comfortable. I want it to be thrilling. I want to feel alive. Those moments where you're just completely blissed out, not be one of those things that we feel we get once in a while and enjoy, but are something that we, if we realize it, can have more often if we're just able to tap into stepping outside of our comfort zones on a more daily basis. Comfort makes us cling to things that we actually are trying to push past. So for instance, self-sabotaging behaviors can a lot of the times be go ahead, eat that slice of pie or smoke that cigarette, procrastinate those emails. He probably wouldn't have been into you anyway. Push him away. Ruin this relationship. Take that drink. You deserve it. Gamble the money. What if you win? Those are even just small senses of comfort that we may have attached to and unknowingly cling to, but are things that we're really wanting to push past and have become almost demons that haunt us because they're all we know. And so in a way, we've grown an attachment to their comfort. We end up lowballing what we believe we're capable of. We end up minimizing our lives to a drink, crappy foods, bad decisions, and bad habits. So we don't end up feeling disappointed at the end of the day if things don't really go the way we planned. When we aim low, I mean, this is the time tiniest bit of attention or, you know, gratification makes us feel better. Those short, fast, instant comforts, those short, fast, instant highs that we get from things that aren't truly healthy for us are so comforting because we can get them fast and we can get them frequently. So we create a comfort around them instead of just making peace with the fact that sometimes it's uncomfortable to be outside of our comfort zones, but we're going to get a larger sense of gratification the more we do it, the more we push past those small senses of comfort that are truly just big doses of self-sabotage. What we don't realize is doing these things is putting a negative context on everything. And when we don't really have boundaries that stop us from going past a level of earned comfort or earned gratification in a day to overindulgence or work versus leisure, we end up feeling foggy, we end up feeling unproductive, we end up feeling guilty for these things that we're doing without even realizing that we're the ones that are making the conscious decisions to do them. So in a lot of ways, our comfort zones and the things we do to seek fast comfort are one of the biggest pillars that get in our way from living a happier, more abundant life. Well, we just got, you know, 50 levels deep there, so I'm gonna ring it on back up to the surface Sip some more of my kombucha and take a little mid-roll break while you guys, you know, seep in those first three pillars before we move on to the next three. The Angie's List you know and trust is now Angie, and we're so much more than just a list. We still connect you with top local pros and show you ratings and reviews, but now we also let you compare upfront prices on hundreds of projects and book a service instantly. We can even handle the rest of your project from start to finish. So remember, Angie's List is now Angie, and we're here to get your job done right. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I, or download the app today. Today's episode is brought to you by Angie. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs and projects done well. Let me tell you, there's the version of it where you try to do something at home, and then there's a version of it where you have someone help you, you watch them do it the right way, and you go, thank God I didn't try to do that myself. I have fully done things around the home that I think look good, and then a bang in the night, and I wake up to a shelf collapsing, a painting falling off the wall. Like it, I've, I've seen it all go south. I own a home, and I can tell you... 
I know how much work it can take. Whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Whatever your home project, big or small, indoor or outdoor, you can Angie that and connect with skilled professionals to get the project done well. Right now, one of my wish lists is I want a bike for my condo in Milwaukee and I would love to rig it up on a pulley in the ceiling because I have one of those like lofted ceilings, but I'm so scared to try that on my own. Angie has 20 years of home experience and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app. Answer a few questions and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I.com. And we are back and moving on to the fifth, I think, pillar, or is it the fourth? It would be the fourth pillar of self-sabotage. And for this one, I wrote down control. I think that control is something that in a lot of ways we think that, okay, we want to get out of our own way. We want to stop self-sabotaging. But again, in a lot of ways, there's always two sides to every spectrum and there's always ways to fall out of balance on both ends. And so when we try to control too much, we end up again getting in our own ways and sabotaging our own lives. We might not even realize how much we are putting so much pressure on ourselves to try and manage things like the weather or people's reactions or certain outcomes to situations. Like think of a time where you had something planned on a special day and you were so frustrated and so angry when you woke up and found out that the weather had turned out bad that day. Instead of taking that situation and Finding a way to still create a memory out of it, you were so hung up on trying to control the weather that you self-sabotage and you end up ruining your own day. That's just like a really simple example of how control can take over our lives without us realizing it and cause us to self-sabotage our own joy and daily happiness. When we stop trying to manage what we don't have control over, it gives us so much more space and room and capacity to take the things that we can control and make the most out of those lemons. Focus on what you do and you say and you think and feel and be the change that you wish to see in your day-to-day life. That is something that we do have control over and something that when we shift our focus to it, We can create pockets of joy and simplicity and happiness in even just the most mundane of things. It's almost like learning how to trust yourself. When you're trusting of yourself and you're trusting of the world and you're trusting of the timing of your life, you no longer will feel that sense to control and hope or try and create certain outcomes to situations. Instead, you find that no matter what happens, you know that you're going to be good because when it boils down to it, You are in control of the things that you do have control over and you've made peace with the things that are completely outside of your control. And in knowing that you have that capacity or that you have the ability to sync those things, to take what you don't have control over and use what you do have control with to kind of create a certain kind of magic every single day in your life, then you no longer self-sabotage and you step out of your own way to create joy and to find creative ways to live your best life every single day. As for the fifth pillar, when it comes to self-sabotage, it is being defensive instead of being curious. Something that I've noticed that I do a lot is defending 
our weaknesses instead of kind of challenging them. And I think that this is something where, especially when maybe something isn't going on so great in your life or you yourself know that you've kind of lost your way a little bit and someone tries to point it out to you, we almost instantly want to defend our weaknesses rather than accept that constructive criticism and kind of challenge our weaknesses. We become so attached to an idea or a fear of someone puncturing the idea of what we believe ourselves to be that we stop being curious and like learning about ourselves every single day and instead almost have to commit to this belief about ourselves to make ourselves feel safe. And in turn, Anytime that sense of safety is attacked in any way or we feel threatened in any way, we become instantly defensive of the things that are almost bad for us or defensive of the things that we do that we know that are bad for us instead of becoming curious as to why we're even doing them. We tend to start taking things as personal attacks rather than a sign that it might be time for some change. And that defensiveness stems solely from a feeling of being insecure and also feeling unsafe within our own lives, within our own skin, and within ourselves. I think that when we learn to stop being so defensive and threatened by signs from the universe or even signs that people are telling us that there might be some things we need to stop doing or to start changing, and we become curious as to hey, I wonder if I could change that or I wonder what it might be like to give that a try or to start going to bed earlier, to start eating healthier, to take better care of myself, take better care of the people I love or start going to work on time or, you know, focus when I'm at work or focus when I'm at school and those little things that we become defensive of. We become curious of those things. We become curious if we're able to do better rather than feeling defensive of how dare anyone point that out to us or, you know, how dare we get bad marks. They don't understand what I have going on in my life. That is becoming defensive rather than becoming curious. Like, why can't I focus at work? Why is this going on? I wonder if there's a way I could try and make it fun to work a little harder or, you know, to ditch some bad habits. And in turn, we let go of our defenses and we allow ourselves to open up to more growth as human beings and individuals. And last but not least, the sixth pillar when it comes to self-sabotaging, and I think one of the most obvious ones is fear. I think fear is the overall root that constantly holds us back on a day-to-day basis. Even everything we talked about can be shrunk down to one word and it's fear. We're afraid. I think We fear the unknown and we let our fears run wild and we assume just the absolute worst of ourselves and the absolute worst of what could potentially happen to us or what potential outcomes could happen. We tend to shrink ourselves down to what we can know for sure feels safe and almost bind ourselves in chains without even realizing it. I think in a lot of ways, our fears are just unfinished thoughts. I think that they are something when you turn and you really look at the things you're afraid of, you really look at the outcomes that you're fearing might happen, or you look at the things that you're afraid might be true of yourself, you open your eyes to them and you charge at them head first, you'll find out that a lot of the times they're unrealistic. They're almost like laughable. And not only that, everything that you could possibly want for yourself and want for your life oftentimes sits on the other side of your fear. And as scary and as daunting as it can be to conquer your fear, it can also be one of the most liberating feelings. And I'm telling you, the minute that you gear up for battle and go charging at it head first, you'll realize that it's actually not as scary as you think. It's almost like the persona that you've created for your fear has built it up to be something that is so terrifying to you that you're expecting, you know, some horror flick grudge girl to be guarding the door of something that you're terribly afraid of. When realistically, when you just stand up and 
You look at what your fears really are and you face them head on and you walk towards that door. There is no grudge girl guarding it. There is no monster waiting to bite your head off. It's usually just a fear of fear itself that creates our limiting behaviors and stops us from going after things that could really make us happier and in a lot of ways bring us to where we want to be and and who we want to become. What can we do right now and on a daily basis to stop self-sabotaging, to break down these pillars, to open ourselves up to more opportunities and manifesting our dreams rather than sabotaging the goals that we want and the person and the people that we want to be. I think when we actively choose to allow and accept more love in our life on a daily basis, that's one of the first and fastest ways to stop self-sabotaging. When you allow yourself to be vulnerable, when you allow yourself to care about people, when you allow yourself to love instead of protect then you open yourself up to being a more inviting person and not only for people in your life, but for opportunities and good energy in your life. And when you do that, you almost find a sense of love for yourself too. You can't really have one without the other. And that sense of love that you carry with you everywhere you go when you're more open to it, it creates a trust with yourself that gets you out of your own way whenever there's good opportunities or good things that start to happen in your life. Because ultimately, They will. When we're easy on ourselves and we look at how far we've already come, then we can also learn to trust ourselves to take the next step, no matter how scary or how daunting it might be. I can assume that most of us can say we've done something that has quite shocked ourselves in a lot of ways, whether it was getting a really good grade on something, you know, accomplishing a project that we really wanted to do, or even just putting ourselves out there and hanging out with new people, doing something outside of our comfort zones. Take note of those times that you're doing those things and understand that you've already in a lot of ways accomplished what you didn't think you would ever be able to. So why can't you reach further? Why not continue to push yourselves? Why stop now and stay for comfort when you can keep going to places that are just beyond your wildest dreams? And tell yourself you can, because you can. And that is totally up to you, and it is your decision. And while you're in the process of getting out of your own way and really going after the things you want in life, recognize where you resist. Let yourself feel exactly how you feel without really editing it or trying not to feel it. A lot of the times, too, we might notice ourselves getting in our own way, and we try so hard to just beat that version of ourselves down and and pretend that they almost don't exist, that we don't actually allow ourselves to feel why we're getting in our own way. There might be some residual pain, some residual feelings that we have that we haven't truly let go of. And until we can let go of those things, we're going to continue to get in our own way. So don't just slip a switch and try to force yourself out of self-sabotage. Instead, get curious and question why you're self-sabotaging in the first place so that you can deal with the root of the problem. And you can also find like the power and the honesty with yourself as to why you are the way you are, why you do the things you do, and why you think and feel the way you think and feel. Get honest with those things and unedit those things so that you can really face them head on and then get them out of your own way. And then once you have, examine your perspectives and your attachments and see if you can let them go and get back into a flow. This is also something that we unknowingly do. I think we attach to belief systems, we attach to perspectives, and we attach to an idea of what we think of ourselves and of our lives that we aren't even aware of it. And so when we can let go of our attachments more and more on a daily basis, like I mean, live your life with freaking abandon. Every moment, every day, 
let go of each minute so that you can presently check into the next one, then I think we get back into the flow of life rather than the force of ourselves. Also, it's important to find an outlet for any discomforts or challenges that may come up during our process of stopping our own self-sabotage. Like I said, there's going to be reasons why you self-sabotage. And when we get down into the nitty gritty of those reasons why, it can feel uncomfortable to face those feelings or face those fears alone. So don't be afraid to find an outlet of any source. I find running really helps me. I find talking with my friends really helps me. And even talking to a life coach or therapist at times has extremely helped me because when you can get an outside perspective or even when you can just use that energy that you feel or use that emotion that you feel and charge it into something like going for a run, painting something, writing something, it becomes an outlet for those discomforts. And then once you release that discomfort, you're able to really see why the discomfort might even have been there. And last but not least, stick to consistent baby steps and focus in on one step at a time. Don't feel like after you finish this podcast, you're suddenly supposed to just stop being in your own way. Just take baby steps. Don't put so much pressure on yourselves that again, we fall out of balance in the opposite direction. Just baby step by baby step with each opportunity that arises to you, ask yourself what your intentions are, ask yourself what is the best source of action in all situations, and then just go at something with a trusting heart and an open mind, and I promise you that slowly but surely you'll notice that days will link into weeks, which will link into months of you really going after the life that you want to live and self-sabotage fading slowly into the distance of your past. So that is it for today's Coffee Talk podcast episode. I hope you guys enjoyed. Ultimately, when it boils down to it, I think that we can either be our own best friend or our own worst enemy when it comes to living the lives we want and just being happier on a day-to-day basis. I think instead of letting the act of self-sabotage add itself to the list of things to mourn and worry about, we should just try and look at it with a light and fresh perspective and just understand that these roadblocks are here in our lives for a reason. They're meant for us to just overcome and know better for the next time that we catch ourselves self-sabotaging. So know that there is no such thing as perfection, that these are just things that we're allowed to work on and have fun with working on them on a day-to-day basis. So there's no need to even stress if you do notice that you are someone who self-sabotages a lot. You are exactly where you're meant to be and where you go from here is completely up to you and how you end up planning on getting there and all the ways and avenues you take to get there are also up to you. So step out of your own way, let go of everything that's happened to you up until this point and decide that from here on out, you've got your own back. And that is all there is for today. (laughs) Thank you guys so much for listening this week. I'm going to go finish off the rest of this kombucha and then take Bentley to the park because it is a beautiful day outside today and it's making me real happy. And with that, I will talk to all of you guys in next week's episode. Bye guys. Today's episode is brought to you by Angie. 
Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs and projects done well. Let me tell you, there's the version of it where you try to do something at home, and then there's a version of it where you have someone help you, you watch them do it the right way, and you go, thank God I didn't try to do that myself. I have fully done things around the home that I think look good and then a bang in the night and I wake up to a shelf collapsing, a painting falling off the wall. Like it, I've, I've seen it all go south. I own a home and I can tell you, I know how much work it can take. Whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Whatever your home project, big or small, indoor or outdoor, you can Angie that and connect with skilled professionals to get the project done well. Right now, one of my wish lists is I want a bike for my condo in Milwaukee and I would love to rig it up on a pulley in the ceiling because I have one of those like lofted ceilings, but I'm so scared to try that on my own. Angie has 20 years of home experience and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app. Answer a few questions and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I.com. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com.